Hey, everybody. Welcome to Adoption Hacks. I'm your host, adoptive mom and advocate, Candace Laycock. Today on the show, we have Terry Parkman. Terry is a pastor at River Valley Church and an adoptive dad. We're going to talk about his journey adopting his daughter from China and lessons he's learned about the unexpected in adoption and our children's stories. Here's that interview. Hey, Terry. Thanks for being on the show and for sharing your story with us today. Yes, thanks for having me. I almost always start out the show with my guests with asking the question, what brought you to adoption? Oh, wow. Well, the, it's, it's a long story. I'll shorten it up. My wife, um, when she was a sophomore in high school, was in a history class, and they were watching a documentary about the poor state of orphanages in China at the time. And in the middle of that class, she just felt the presence of God come on her and start talking to her about, uh, I'm calling you to, to adopt. And from that day forward, she's always had a heart, like to and a conviction to adopt from China. Um, prior to us meeting, um, God had laid uh, Asia on my heart, specifically China, and I had planned on going there and doing missions. So when my wife and I met and started dating in theory, she said, "Look, if we get married, so you know, we're going to adopt from China." I was like, "Great, <laughs> sounds good to me." Wow, that's and, cool. And adoption was always our first option. It was never an alternative for us. It was always like, we want to make sure that this is something that's part of our story and part of the, uh, our family story. And so that's kind of how we were drawn to adoption. So when you were starting your home study and paperwork, was there a certain type of child you were looking for? We were open, you know, okay. uh, with it being our first child. Um, we were thinking, okay, we're going to go and we'll take a boy or girl, we're cool with whatever, and we want it to be a healthy child, no special needs. Well, at the time when we were adopting, it was a five-year wait for a quote-unquote healthy child mm-hmm. and a two-and-a-half-year wait for special needs. And special needs can range from a, a birthmark in the wrong place to a deformity to you know, spina bifida, you know, you name it. And so our social worker said, you know, just be open to this, you know, maybe pray about it and see maybe if this is something that God's calling you to do. And we're like, all right. And so we prayed about it and they sent us a form uh, of all the special needs under the sun, and beside all is mild, moderate, severe, or NA, and you had to write down what you would and wouldn't accept, and that was one of the hardest things. Mm-hmm. I, can, I mean, it was just so difficult, because you feel like the biggest jerk in the world, kind of going down the list, and so we prayed about it, and we know our lifestyle, we know what we can, are able to give a child, uh, and to what level we are, and so we said, okay, anything that can be operable or treated by surgery, whether it's a missing limb, a deformity, whether it's a heart defect, we'll take the severe version of all that mm-hmm. that can be corrected. And so uh, we went ahead and went down the list and did that um, when we were going through the adoption process. And that's how we uh, kind of got to that place. We knew it was China. We knew that we were open to a boy or a girl. And then the special needs kind of came our way late. And we were open to that. Now moving forward, we're actually in the process of our second adoption. Oh, that's awesome. Right now, and and special needs is a, is a no brainer for us, and so we're mm-hmm. like, all right, let's do it again, and so we're open to another special needs child uh, child from the same area. And what year what year uh, was your first adoption? I forgot to ask that. Uh, it was two thousand and twelve. Well, my daughter was born in uh, December twenty ten, and we adopted her. Uh, had her in arms in May of twenty twelve. Walk us through that first time uh, meeting your daughter. Well, we were in uh, Guangzhou, China, and we were with about 60 other families that were all brought from around the world. Like, the hotel full of, like, 80 families. <laughs> and each week, we have 80 new families. Isn't that families. cool to, it's, like, be with other people that are doing the same thing? Yes, yes. And so, um, we were uh, with 
different families, and um, and we went to this uh, this building, this government building, and these agencies also showed up at the same time with the children, and so there's like wow. 80 babies crying, 50 to 80 babies just crying, and children just meeting their parents for the first time, and ours was the last one to be brought up. They were late, and uh, when they brought her daughter up, um, she was in much rough shape, much more rough shape than we thought that she would be in. We the pictures, the pictures were nothing like the child that we got in our arms. It mm. was almost like it was almost like uh, there was a lack of care after those pictures that we received were taken. And so our daughter uh, was given to us with huge developmental issues because of the lack of interaction. And so she had a failure to thrive at the time. Mm. And the thing is, we got her in our arms. We saw the severity of everything. And two things went through our heads immediately. Number one, holy crap, what did we just do? And second of all, this is our baby and we'll do whatever we need to do because we love her. And both of those emotions were there at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There was never a question like, did we make a mistake? That was not it. It was always like, oh my gosh, here we go. And this is our child and we'll do whatever we can. Yeah. Um, you know, and she has developed beautifully uh, since at time as we've been able to give her the care that she needs and the love that she needs. Mm-hmm. I want to dive into that, your expectation just being altered when you were meeting her and, and bringing yeah. her home because we see that happen so often in adoption. And, and so just kind of talk us through where you were at mentally with that. Well, we had asked a million questions and we all know a million questions when it comes to adoption doesn't scratch the surface. But <laughs> what we were told was very different from what we received. So it wasn't like, it felt more like a bait and switch mm. than it was a, they told me the accurate information and I had different expectations. Okay. No, the expectations we had were in line with the information, but what we received was very different. And in that, I, you know, and I'm a strong justice guy. So in that mm-hmm. moment, I just felt this strong sense of justice to advocate for the child I had in my arms for like the first few seconds. Mm-hmm. Just because of number one, how the wrong story was told about her mm-hmm. from the beginning. So there's the wrong narrative about her life that was delivered to her when she was abandoned. There was a wrong narrative about her life that was given to us. And there, and so she stepped into our life with having a false story perpetuated about her that everybody just ascribed to her. Mm-hmm. And uh, the anger I had had less to do with her condition. Her condition really surprised us. We didn't expect that. And we are kind of freaking out because we never had a kid before and didn't really know what to do in that situation mm-hmm. because he was so dire. I mean, our, our guide had said that he had never seen a kid in such bad shape in the 30 years he was doing the, doing that. And so, um, you know, we weren't sure there, but the biggest thing was, honestly, in retrospect, man, the wrong story had been told about our daughter from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And so now what we had in our arms is something that we had. There's a story that we, God was calling us to step into and to help redeem and to tell the proper story and to tell the right story and to tell the future story and to, and to retell the story from her past that was true and not just engineered in order to get her into our arms, you know? And so that, that was kind of the biggest thing in retrospect looking back. Um, I knew I was supposed to feel a ton of joy. I felt a ton of uneasiness. I'm going to be honest with you when we got her in our arms, but I didn't feel any doubt. You know, didn't feel any doubt. Super uneasy. I mean, gosh, I was. We were not equipped. You know, we we were give, we were developed and we were and we were given the classes, but we were not like nothing can equip you for that moment. You know, and there's a, it's definitely a faith step when you step out with your child and you and you commit to raising that child. 
um, I think my wife and I always talk about how great it was that we were ignorant yeah. <laughs> uh, of, of so much. Like, I just felt like everybody dealt with that. Everybody had those emotions. Everybody walked through that, and everybody's kid that was adopted felt that way. I remember getting home and being so tired pushing her in the stroller around the block. I'm like, how do parents fake this? Like, will I always be this tired? And, and uh, just really realizing that in the midst of the ignorance, we just kind of plowed through. Just, well, I guess this is how it is, and if other people can do it, we can do it. Right. Not realizing that Havley's condition is not like other stories. And it was, it was something such to the extent that other adoption agencies were studying how we were doing it. Wow. What role did your faith play in all this? My goodness, I don't know how I would be able to make it without, without our faith in Jesus. I mean, it was, it was so vital for us in that we knew, knowing, like, the big thing, the hardest part is thinking you're alone in that process Mm -hmm. and that the decision you make is that not the it doesn't matter if it's the best or worst it's the only decision you'll make for that kid without any other guidance you know and by having a relationship with god and understanding the promptings of his holy spirit in my life i knew that there was a bigger advocate for my daughter than i would ever be Mm -hmm. and i knew that there was somebody who had her future story in mind and would guide me in order to hit that future story in, in in regards to the will of God, so many of us are like, God, I want to know your will for my life, and I want to live according to that will. Well, also for my child, there's a will that God has for her life, and my sensitivity to the Holy Spirit helps me to make the right decisions in that way. So there is always a confidence, like, you're right, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, first of all, it takes a village. It takes a faith community. It takes a medical community. It takes a therapeutic community. But it also takes a heavenly community um, to where God is very much speaking into every process. I've prayed hundreds of times, God, you are the great physician. Um, she's born with a severe cleft palate, so God, you know how to heal her. You're the great therapist. But you know what it's going to take to shore up these gaps that even the, you know, our doctors can't see, you know, and our therapists can't see. And so that gave me the confidence to keep putting one step in front of the other. Faith giving you the confidence to take those steps. That's a great way to put that. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Terry is going to share his advice for parents. Sponsoring this week's episode is Bonfire. Bonfire lets families raise money online by selling custom adoption t-shirts. There are no upfront costs and Bonfire handles all of the logistics for you. You just create your design and share your t-shirt campaign with your community. When your campaign ends, Bonfire will print and ship all your orders directly to your supporters and you receive an easy payout of all the profits plus any additional donations. In honor of Adoption Awareness Month, Bonfire is offering free design services to our listeners who visit bonfire.com forward slash adoption hacks. Head there to learn more about the t-shirt fundraisers on Bonfire and to check out other adoption designs. This will be your last chance to get this incredible deal. So if you are planning to fundraise anytime soon, grab this deal right now. I just received another Bonfire sweatshirt today in the mail, and I'm already wearing it. It's so comfortable, and it's a great way to start conversations with people about adoption and support families who are adopting. So make sure you grab that deal at Bonfire. Again, that link is bonfire.com forward slash adoption hacks. Back to the show. For parents listening who either don't have very much information or receive some wrong information about their child, do you have any words of wisdom for them? Absolutely. Um this season won't last forever uh, that you're in. Um, 
but at the same time, the unexpected is the normal when it comes to adoption. As they're dealing with attachment and detachment, as they're dealing with how the rules are different for nurturing and caring for adopted children because of their past and because of how their brains are now wired because of their past. Um, as they step into that, um, this season won't always be here, but the unexpected always will be. But God gives grace. I, I, I always think about this, that um, God knew her name before I was born. And he knew where she would be. And he knew the process. And when he saw, when she was born, he saw me all the way in North Dakota in the United States and said, I know where your dad and mom are. And I'm going to bring them to you. That means God could have placed her in anybody else's home, but he placed her in our home. That means nobody else on the planet is to, has what it takes to give that child what the, the opportunity that she needs to thrive. And because of that, I'm able to really move forward with this. Now, getting other information, you're going to get, uh, like, she's she's in first grade right now. Man, and you can tell that she's had some struggles. You can tell that she's behind in class. And leading up to her starting first grade, she did kindergarten great. So we were like, we had this narrative that we composed. Like, look at her, she's going to be a genius. She's going to go right into first grade, and it's going to be awesome. She goes into first grade, she hits a wall. And you can see how these kids are maturing faster than she is because they didn't have the challenges earlier on in life. And, mm-hmm. and that changed our story. Don't hold on to, to the story that you want your child to have to the detriment of your child. Mm-hmm. Because we immediately the knee-jerk reaction was, there's nothing wrong with her. She's fine. You just don't understand, teacher. Or you just don't understand, kids. And the reality is, is a lot closer to the middle to where, no, my child does have struggles and does have needs and there are teachers and therapists that will point out things that we choose to be blind to because we have a different story in our mind Mm. so just as we wanted to rewrite the story of our daughter that was given to when she was given to us and placed in our arms because there was a false narrative of her past um i don't also want to create a false narrative for her present or her future because of my expectations Mm. you know and, Mm -hmm. and i think that's so important it's an it's a it's a battle that's won by inches, not by yards and miles. Yeah. And if you can just be faithful to that next inch and to that next thing, I know it seems like you're not taking ground, but the ground you're taking is monumental. And every inch flies in the face of everything that the devil tried to do in that child's life. I think, especially as believers, it, it kind of just goes back to us if we really believe that these children are God's children. Yeah. And we're we're guardians of them, we can lead them and guide them, but he has their story. Yes. And, and as a parent, you have to have that conviction. Like mm-hmm. it can't be just a belief. That's a nice thought. Like you got to have, it's got to be a core conviction of who you are as an adoptive parent. Like she, God has this story and it's my job to find out what this story is and to mm-hmm. help this child live that story out. It can't be just like, God's got your story. He's got your future. Kind of like how we cheer up one another when we're going through hard times. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got to be a core conviction. Yeah. And we have to live according to that. And that is the game changer in all of this. I've shared this on the podcast before, but our first night at home with our son, he was so inconsolable and pushing us away and screaming nonstop. And I started crying because I was thinking, I'm just not his mom yet. He doesn't know my voice or touch. I don't cover him. And I felt the Lord say to me, birth mom was mom for a while. Foster mom was mom for a while. And you've been mom for a couple days, but I've always been his father and he knows my voice. And so that really directed my prayers then and reminded me that he could be consoled by God because God had been a constant in his life, even though I wasn't. 
And I think that's a, a huge lesson that hopefully I'll remember for the rest of my life that I'm still just mom for a little while, but he is God's child eternally. Yes, absolutely. And that's so key. And when we do that, it's, it's, it really helps understand you're not in it alone. You know what I mean? You're, yeah. you're, you're in it with all of heaven. You're in it with the faith community that God's put around you. And, and that's key. Um, it's interesting that you say that. It's so easy to say, like, like at what point? you fully become this kid's parent. <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and so much of that is subjective because it's emotional. Like one day it's like you wake up and it's like, I'm this kid's parent. And the next day it's like, no. Nah, <laughs> and the reality is, it's the truth is you're, the, you're this child's parent now. You're mm-hmm. their advocate now. And, and like you said, uh, it's just really a process of trusting God to get yourself there. You know, um, while we ask that child, I'm not quite their parent yet. God, like you said, God is always their heavenly father. And there's always been a consistent parent always in that child's life. And that's been God. Yeah. And I love how you said that. That's so beautiful because it's so important to hold on to in those moments. Can you speak a little bit to the need for education throughout the adoption process? There's, honestly, there's just a lot of steps that have to be taken. There's no arrival point. You know, we had talked about biological children and how, a lot of parents don't want to hear advice about how to raise their kids. And yet we, we take lessons on how to play a violin, but we take fewer <laughs> lessons. We don't accept advice on how to deal with something much more complex and lasting as a child. Mm-hmm. And um, the, great, the thing I'm grateful for is in the adoptive process, how much we're encouraged and mandated almost to educate ourselves and to be educated and to go through processes. Mm-hmm. And that just does not stop. It happens all the time. Now we're asking questions about our daughter's ethnicity. How does it feel to be somebody of another ethnicity in, uh, growing up in another area that's not hers? How does it feel? How, how does she find belonging? Mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about that in her toddler years. Right. I do now. And, you know, and so it just changes. And, and how does that, uh, how's that affected by her adoption? You know, I mean, much less if she was somebody biologically born into an area that wasn't her ethnicity. Now she's adopted and placed in that area. Now she has two different tensions to deal with. Yeah. And and on that on that on that road to that place and discovering what those answers are, um, there can never be uh, too there can never be too much education in that area to where we can educate ourselves, and there can never be too much advice. Even bad advice, at least is advice. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, at least you know what you're not going to listen to. You know. That's um, true. Get you started. <laughs> and that helps you to know where to listen. But it's so crucial. <laughs> it's so crucial every single step of the way and educating yourself all the time. Like we. We're going through our second adoption process right now, and we have to take all these classes. I'm like, man, I don't want to go through this stinking class again. We already went through this class. I know the answers. And we went through it, and it was just so eye-opening for us because we're like, we see our daughter in a new light now. Mm, You know, the daughter we have at home. And now we're even more prepared for the next one. So, again, you know, the second process just convinced me even more that you can never have too much education. Is there anything you wish you knew before you adopted? First, I would say buckle in. Uh, second, I would say calm down. And, uh, and then third, I would say you have what it takes. Just be faithful to the next step. Mm-hmm. Just be faithful to that next step. We always have our plans. It's interesting in Proverbs. It says, I think it's Proverbs 19. God says, or it says, we make our plans, but God ordains our steps. And humanity is always about their plans, but God is very much invested into our next step. And we always say, God, where's your will? God's will is always in the next step, not in the ultimate plan. Mm -hmm. And so if we can be faithful to that next step, we'll be faithful to the place that God is. That's so good. And I think that's a great place to end the podcast today. Thanks so much, Pastor Terry, for being on the show. Right on. It's been such an honor.
And thank you for listening. Make sure you are following Adoption Hacks on Instagram, and if you're enjoying the podcast, give us a rating on iTunes. Next week, me and a guest will be discussing some aspects about domestic adoption, agency ethics, interrupted adoptions, and birth family relationships. I'll talk to you then. Look out, look out.